Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger Legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how we doing today? Uh, you know what? Um, it, it's a good day to be a Badger. It is a good day to be a Badger, and we have a current Badger with us today. Um, you know his work. Because you have already heard it today within the last minute. It is uh, Badger, student, DJ, musician, uh, graphic designer, uh, video editor, uh, just Jack of all trades, if you want to call me that. Yeah, uh, guru in all sorts of things. And uh, apparently, like the deepest knowledge of pro wrestling you'll find anywhere, it's Matt Blaustein. <laughs> How's it going, guys? It's good to be on here. Uh, it's good to have you. So yes, Matt is the composer of our uh, intro music. Uh, you and you and Bernie go back. Uh, uh, apparently, you guys race on the same streets uh, up in the, the Scarsdale area. So um, we are excited to talk to you today. Get a little bit of student voice because let's face it, like Bernie and I have been out for a minute. We have our opinions, and the people we talk to, for the most part, you know, they're our age. We know, we got to know what's going on, going on, you know, on the ground in Madison. But before we get to that, we do want to remind you guys that we, as always, are brought to you by betonline.ag. They remain the number one source for all of your wagering needs, uh, MLB, NFL, NBA, and most importantly, college football. Any sport you want, you can get over there at betonline.ag. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for a 100% uh, bonus on your first deposit um, when you make your first wager. That's betonline.ag, where the game starts. Yeah, where the right. game starts. I was so well, close. I said began. Uh, it's okay. You know what? I think I think either one works. But so one of the we, we've been wanting to have Blaustein on for a while, not just because he's an awesome dude, but because you His are name very is Matt. Much, yes, Matt. Well, yeah, it's a problem, <laughs> right? We've got three Matts here. We're going to have to go Bernie Blaustein and Perko unless he wants something else. But oh, Bernie, you, you have no clue. Me me senior year saying, yeah, I'm going to Wisconsin. The amount of, oh, Matt Bernstein went to Wisconsin. Yeah. Now Matt Blaustein's going to Wisconsin by the teachers <laughs> at Edgemont. So you have no clue. This isn't the first time. Wow, teachers at Edgemont still know who I am? That's probably a bad thing. Uh, Connolly does. Oh, yeah. He, well, he, he was the football yeah. coach. Yeah. Yep. Outside of him, I'm, I hope nobody else remembers me. 
There's, <laughs> but hey, it's all good. All the people that I wish remembered me are sadly probably not a teaching there anymore. Yeah. Okay, let's move past that. We're in Wisconsin now. Edgemont's in the past, although I do, I was watching my old film like five minutes ago because it's Friday. But um, uh, Blaustein, you're on, you're in campus. You're there. You see, you're sitting in the student section. This, was this a shock to you? Like what, what was the feel of going to the Illinois game? Let's start with that. Like what, what's the feeling for a student like preseason and then to watch this team and then to be there in the stadium? Like what's that like? For you, also, dude, you got to tell us what takes so long for everyone to get into the stadium. Yeah, so I think there's a few different things there. I think I'll just talk about the the initial like pregame and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, your your student base is going to be pretty divided on whether or not they actively are a fan of football, um, as in like, you know, they're, you know, actively knowledgeable, but also actively following the team. Um, so as a result, you probably only have about like 50, hell, maybe even like 35 to 50 percent of students who are like actively following the team. Um, the rest of it, they're just going there for a good time. Uh, they're just going there to have fun, which is, which is valid. Um, if you're talking mainly about just what's taking so long for it, get us in, I think it's a combination of number one for that other 65% of students who are really only going there for a good time. Um, they're too busy partying. Um, and then they'll come in uh, probably mid first quarter and that's how it works. But also, I mean, it's, it's been distra- disastrous as far as like, you've seen pictures of like the corridors at Camp Randall from the student gate. Um, I think the main issue that holds it up is most other schools in the big 10 and in college in general, um, will let students go in and then basically just pick where they sit in the student section. But because they like, you know, slowly walk you down and, you know, manage each row, uh, it creates almost like a, a suffocation of fans um, in the concourses before they get out into the student section. So I think, honestly, that's probably the main reason, um, because I've especially someone who's worked on the field, like I, I've worked on the field as a sideline, like, you know, camera guy, uh, wire holder or whatever. Um, seeing the students come in very slowly when I, you know, can check Snapchat while during a break in the action and see that everyone is trapped in the concourses. And there's like probably like a thousand plus students like in that concourse, like being slowly let out 10 at a time. Um, it's just dangerous, honestly. It's just more dangerous than anything. So I think that's definitely something they have to address during the offseason about maybe changing their approach uh, to flooding the student section. They should pro- What they should do is just make each seat an, an actual seat. Yeah. I don't know if that doesn't make sense. What, what I've heard is that they, like if there's 14 seats per row, 10 people will take up the whole thing. And four, so if that happens in every seat, there's so many kids that can't, get in but we're not here for that although i agree with you i told um rebecca blank that she should change that i think it's ridiculous because look half the stands are but who knows maybe they'll change it i doubt it but blaustein hit me with what's the feel like after the illinois game so let's go talk saturday and then we could talk what happened sunday yeah so I think you have to even go before the Illinois game. Truthfully, I think you have to go back to Washington state. And I think going into it, um, I I don't want to toot my own horn here, but one of the only students at the school that I'd spoken to that like thought that, you know, Washington state had a chance. Honestly, it was me. I I genuinely was like, I've been monitoring their offense. I've been monitoring the team, what they've been doing with Jake Dickert. And I just, was like these guys are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think that them not being ranked or them not getting enough tension is criminal. And obviously they have our former transfer. They have the Kia Watson up at running back, who's 
I think is great. I think he's a great gadget player. Um, but so going to Washington State, um, I think the initial mood was kind of souring um, when it started there. I think from all the tailgates I'd gone to, I didn't go to the actual game, um, but I watched it on TV, obviously. And, you know, I've been like, you know, talking to people who were working there, working on the field. Um, I think the overall energy of the fans was this is a team that is out of conference. They don't have as massive a reputation as Wisconsin. Therefore, it should be an easy win. And what happened was an incredibly close game that managed to pull off a victory for Washington State. So I think um, as far as that, the direct aftermath of that, um, there are already some rumblings. Um, I think as a student, um, not a lot of, you know, good graces were given towards Christ for my, by the majority of the student population. I think the main reason why is like, I'm sure he's an incredible guy. I'm sure he's an incredibly nice guy, but I think it was overall the students were annoyed by the lack of energy. Um, IE like the lack of energy from the players on the sidelines, you know, they weren't, even though they were down in your years past, they still did jump around. I mean, like that, that was one thing that they really got going. Um, it was something that really got the whole, you know, energy in the stadium going. And I think a lot of the people in the stands were just getting pretty zapped as far as like, you know, oh, it doesn't look like the players are having fun because they're not doing jump around. So therefore, you know, it's on the coach when, you know, maybe it's, you know, a team wide thing or something. So after Washington state, there were some questions there. Um, the days after it, I remember going to classes talking about Washington state. Um, and I think there were a lot of things um, people were not, not happy with. I think we had, I forgot who it was, but one of our wide receivers they weren't happy with. Um, I'm not going to name names because I think I think it's rude to do that. Um, but I think also another player on offense, a lot of people were not happy with. Um, and just, you know, overall, they weren't happy with the play calling. I think they thought that it was a little bit too conservative. Um, to, to quote my roommate, um, he thought that they were calling halfback dive on three out of the four plays on the drive. Um, so he was kind of getting fed up with that um, because I guess – you know, as much as you're playing the win, you're also playing to invigorate a fan base. And if you're calling halfback dive nonstop ball, it is strategically a good idea because we are a predominantly run-based school and like offensive line school for a lot of students and the fans, especially the ones who aren't as accustomed to football, who could potentially get into football. Um, you know, you're not seeing the flashy plays. And I think that was something that started to annoy people after Washington State. So if we're going to Illinois, um, going into Illinois, obviously we got absolutely toasted by Ohio State, but I think everyone and their mom expected that. Um, so we went into Illinois uh, thinking that, oh, it's a divisional game. Um, you know, the last time Illinois beat us was during 2019, during our ranked season. Um, and that was off a last second field goal in Illinois. So we had pretty high hopes for it. Um, but going into it and just the first few plays where Mertz threw an interception, um, I think Tommy DeVito scored two QB sneak touchdowns. Uh, the energy just zapped. Um, I again, I, I wasn't at the game, but that's because I was like at Buckingham's down on Regent, um, watching on their <laughs> outdoor patio. Um, and I was with I was with Badger alum, and I was with also Badger, you know, Badger students. And the overall mentality was just, we're not here for this anymore. And I was texting with friends who were in the stadium. Um, my roommate was in the stadium, and he was just telling me like people were starting to leave after the first quarter. And like, that's something that you never want to see, obviously. Um, but something you don't really see. Yeah. A lot you, of that Wisconsin is exactly. people I leaving. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I think, I think you touched on some points, especially the energy. I mean, Matt Perkins, we definitely talked about that. The energy of, of the players just doesn't seem like they're enjoying being a football player. And 
The best part about football is playing on Saturdays. Everything else about football kind of sucks. I mean, getting free drinks at bars is great. And like, you know, you know, people loving you is great. But Saturday is the best part of the whole week. And to well, not the have old fun, Ray Lewis adage, you pay me for Monday through Saturday, you get Sunday for free. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It, and, it's and it the doesn't best seem like there's day. joy. Yeah. And it does. You're right. It doesn't seem like there is any type of excitement, which which I do think Jimmy brings. So I think that's interesting. But so 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 Illinois was brutal. I guess you're lucky you weren't in the stadium because yeah. I watched it twice, basically, and I just could still I was a little shocked. Um, so quick question. Did you think Sunday was going to happen? Did you think they would let Coach Chris go? It's so tough because I think the one thing that it comes down to is, you know, everyone was going back and forth about the buyout. And I think everyone was the question was, you know, what's the buyout going to be? Um, you know, obviously we, we had an idea of what the initial buyout would be if he was going to be fired. Um, but it was also just a question of like, look, Wisconsin is incredibly like we are an incredibly conservative school when it comes to like football playing. And when it comes to, you know, how we do our coaches, how we, you know, manage our team, uh, how we manage our offense. Um, so, but you know, that was also, that was Barry, that was Barry being the, you know, academic uh, director, the AD or the athletic director, the AD. So when it came to Chris, I think a lot of people were split. I think a lot of people, the majority, I will say right now, the majority of students want him gone. And I think it mainly was because of the energy. And I think while that is a valid claim, that's also not a great claim considering his record. Uh, this could turn out to be like what happened with Nebraska with Bo Pelini, and that was not a good look for them. Um, but, you know, truthfully, I think overall, um, the overall majority of the students want him gone. I think it was a thing of we are going to the Badger games and we like, and this is also kind of stupid, but like, you know, we are going to Badger games and we are there for fun and we want to see fun on the field. We don't care if we win or lose. We're just not having fun. And I think that was the mentality there. Um, but are then you when not Thunder... entertained? Exactly. So then exactly. I guess I want to, I, I want to sort of interject there because, well, okay. So the interim coach becomes Jim Leonard, who yes, while he is younger, he is still pr pretty stoic, I guess yeah. I would say, you know, so is, is this, are, are the students on the ground? I, I would say clamoring for some like truly like new blood, like someone completely outside, or is so, there an expectation that Leonard will be able to differentiate himself and actually bring some fun back to the game day experience? So the truth is there's a, there's, there's basically two sects of the student uh, base right now. One side, which includes me, uh, I'm, I'm very much on the Leonard hype train. I think Jim Leonard is great. I think um, him being a younger guy is going to be crucial for us. Um, I think also his defense has been unreal. Um, I was a massive fan of him during his playing days, uh, during his days of New York Jets, um, obviously growing up in New York and seeing him pretty much regularly. Um, but on the other hand, there are your students who are clamoring for Urban Meyer. And while I it's outrageous. No, I will no no, yeah. I will I, I I will I will revoke in like my affiliation with the football program if it's listen, I've been I've been yeah. I've been floating it as a joke to yeah, people. I don't, don't want it. But honestly, don't, don't, don't even joke about it because he is we I, are not I, there. We're not I texted there. We this to Bernie to I think yesterday or the day before. Uh Urban Meyer is the devil to whom you sell your soul. <laughs> Just oh, yeah. to win. I, Just I to am, win. And you will win. win. 
but you will have lost everything to do that. And, and you'll never be able it. to get back. And you'll never, ever, it, you can't yeah. get it back. So yeah. And I don't, I don't not. want it. I, I think, I think truthfully, uh, I mean, like I, without mincing words here, I think truthfully Urban Meyer is kind of a locker room cancer. I think he's someone who immediately when he goes to a program, the initial idea is win, but also there is no care given. And that's when you get issues with a ton of off-field issues. I mean, look, for example, look at the, what is it, 2007 Florida Gators team and just ha- like, I think over 30 of them ended up in prison or jail or something. There's a lot of bad character issues and that's not what we need in Madison. So for the people who are clamoring for Urban Meyer, just because like, oh, he wins and oh, it's fun football. Yeah. But at the same time, the second that it's not football and these guys are walking around your campus and like you have like, you know, for example, um, who was, was Riley Cooper at Florida? I think Riley Cooper was at Florida, but like you have a guy like Riley Cooper show up to your class and just kind of be a dick. Like that's something that you don't, you don't want that. Like you truthfully, Urban Meyer, especially with his recent tenure with the Jaguars, I think that's enough of saying, you know, like, let's not. Um, I've seen a but lot also of the student man- mentality is an interesting one. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird it, one. It's, it's, it's a like, weird one. Right. You, it, it's so you're never going to make them happy. It's the whole, it goes back to the old adage of, you know, whatever you do, you're only going to make half the base happy and the rest it's of them the are going to mentality. You got yeah. half the mobs like Urban Meyer, which, but I think also the student mentality is that we don't think things through for yep. outside of the four years that, you know, like you're on oh, campus, absolutely. you're part of, you're basically part of the team. Like to me, like you're the fifth, what are you, the 12th man? You're like Seattle. Yeah. So you are those, but, but when you come out and you start thinking about it, you're like, Ooh, Urban Meyer would be, really not a like it might it'd be great to win a lot more games but then you literally are selling your soul a guy like jimmy who gave his all to wisconsin and yep. and did not take money to go to the nfl or to go anywhere else yeah. when he could have he had probably about th- he had more job offers than i'll ever see in my life in one year and he said no to all of them to stay here yeah you know, i so- think that's very respectable so how does a student look at that so truth be told, when they made the move, I think mentally I was kind of I was surprised um, because like, you know, I, I was I was saying it, but I was like, I think it'll be at the end of the season. I think they'll let him partner his own terms. I think he's done enough for this school. Like, you know, we'll deal the rest of the season. Truth be told, like if you look at the way that like the Big Ten overall is, is like stacked right now. We're, we're not making a college football playoff right now. Like they are, Ohio state is too far out of reach. Michigan is there. Even Minnesota is playing really well too. So like, you know, as much as it pains me to say that, like, that's the truth. But if we're looking overall, um, part of me has to wonder with Jim, um, if the reason why they took now action now is because he probably did get an offer from a different program, but it was also probably a very good offer. Um, and my, my thought, this is going to be the craziest one, but like the most out of left field one that I could potentially say is, I mean, you saw the Denver Broncos last night on, uh, on, on Thursday night football, probably the worst game of my life uh, that I've ever seen. Um, and you saw how they're over handled overall handled by Nathaniel Hackett and Jim Leonard did play for the Broncos for a bit. So part of me has to wonder if there was some, you know, some like messages being sent back and forth between him and one of the guys from the Broncos camp, as in like, In all truth, I don't think Hackett's going to last beyond the season with the Broncos based on last night. Um, Is there any potential for Jim Leonard to come in and either be a defensive coordinator or even take a bigger role? I mean, like, he's a guy who's a very big players coach. And also you have two, uh, three Badgers on that squad. No, four Badgers on that squad now because you have Russ, 
Melvin Gordon, Matt Henningsen, and Fayon Hicks. So, um, you know, one has to wonder if that was the potential. Uh, but for me, I think I think a lot of people are excited for Jim. I think he's going to do really well. Um, I think his loyalty is massive. I think he absolutely because what he was the number one pick for the Packers the other like a few years ago when they wanted to replace their defensive coordinator, and he just straight up said no, like he wanted to stay with Wisconsin. So that is big. Like I think overall that that's a lot of. Matt, what do you? What, I totally listen to that dude. I totally agree with you. What do you yeah. think? See, my my concern is what can he actually accomplish in an interim seven to eight games when the team. If we're talking about energy and excitement, I think the only thing, and Perko, I think we talked about this, is changing that the 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 mentality, the excitement, the energy, the emotions for to dudes to be like, God, just go out and have a good time. Yep. Like let's play our football, but like let's have a good time. And if you see, even if we lose every game, but we see guys having a good time, I think that changes everything. But what do you think can like any interim head coach I've ever seen? It's hard to be super successful because there's so much up in the air. Yep. Yeah. So I think truthfully, I think something that a lot of people have been talking about, um, a lot of students, um, I think a lot of us want to see Miles Burkett get some playing time as far as like get some potential starting. Um, I know that's a very bold take. He's a, you know, he's a true freshman. Uh, he just came in last year. However, I think a lot of people have gotten to the point of, you know, look, we're not really going to be overtly competitive for the rest of the year. Let's, you know, we have a few games that are going to be, you know, pretty open-ended. Let's, let's just put miles in there and let's see what he can do. Um, I think also we do have to switch to a little bit more of a 50, 50 split between passing and rushing. And I know that's like almost a foreign concept for Wisconsin. Cause we're so well known for pounding the ball, pounding the run. Um, but truthfully, I mean, we look at our team that like, you know, we've assembled, assembled, I think Chimray has emerged into a really good wide receiver one for us. And I think, you know, getting him the ball more on out routes, uh, could be big. Um, I think there's, you know, enough there where you want to get the students back enamored with the program. Um, you got to take a more overall fun look at the team instead of like a practical look for this year. I think this year is already an open year. I think. Truth be told, a lot of a lot of fans I've spoken to probably I can't even tell you how many people, but I think I've heard from at least 25 students that and like these are students like of that 35 percent that actively follow the team. I think 20, those 25 students have all said that they don't think we're making a bowl game. And while that is, you know, the really sad idea, if that's the case, then just go all in with the fun for this year. Like, listen, it's happened. I was on the team in 2001. We didn't go to a bowl game. Yeah, it, it's pretty brutal. I'm not going to yeah. lie. However, I still think we're very competitive in every game. I would like to be competitive in every yep. game. I think that's a possibility. But so you're not, who's the next? We got Northwestern tomorrow at Northwestern, which we always struggle, but they're not doing anything special. Michigan State's okay, eh, doing nothing. Who do we have after? I mean, we're going to have a home game, Purdue, which I'll be at, so we're going to win because I'm great yep. luck, I think. Done. Who's that? I'm just kidding. I have no idea. That's going to be a strong, that'll be a tough game. Um, the next, Maryland. I'll try to trip their quarterback when I'm on the field for pregame, yeah. try to hurt somebody. Then who else do we, we have after that? Iowa will be tough. Maryland, I think we could win. And then we have Minnesota at the end of the year. And I think Minnesota is going to unfortunately win that game. I think no. that, what what's the name of their running back? Uh, Ibrahim? Uh, oh, Ibrahim. Yeah, he has been so good. Doesn't matter. They're coming to play at, at Madison and we're going to win. That's fair. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, if we're... 
Listen, if we don't win another game, that game, I, I just, we listen every time that that game is a possibility to win. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. even know how good they're playing. It's a, it's more than just a football game. It's like, yeah, it's the axe game. It's, it's, it's the axe game. So I think truthfully, if we're going like, you know, I, I do think we should be competitive at all at, as well. I think a lot of it just has to be given to the fact that though, like, you know, I, I want to see some competitive football, but I also do want to see some, you know, new blood, get some starts. I want to, you know, you want to get the students excited for like the future of the team as well as the present. Um, so I, I do think miles deserves a start or two somewhere in that span. So man, um, as, as you were talking all, you only mentioned offense. So yeah, which we're is fine because I agree with you. We, we yeah. our offense has been sad and it has been vanilla yeah. for a bunch of years. What's the student take on the new offensive coordinator? And do you think, he can have more ability to do what he wants and be creative now being the leader, true leader, at least in my mind of the offense. Yeah. So Bobby is someone that I have been a huge fan of even before he uh, became our offense coordinator. I mean, obviously he was with the Ravens. He was there. Was he, was he their wide receiver? I'm not sure if he was their wide receiver. He was the coach tight ends and coach. Off- he was tight the tight ends coach. coach. Okay. So Bobby's someone who I've been a big fan of. Um, I've I've seen him, you know, I, I've looked at a lot of his interviews. I've looked at a lot of his, uh, you know, what he's helped a bunch of the Baltimore offense do. So when we announced that we bring him over, uh, I was I was absolutely elated. I was so excited. I mean, he's he's a guy who obviously has like, you know, a, a very big NFL pedigree here. So when he come, came to Madison, um, obviously this year has not started out how a lot of people would hoped. I personally think that the offense looks miles better than last year. I think you can see it overall in a lot of the ways, a lot of the scheme we're calling. I think um, a lot of the pa- the passing game has been miles better. Like it has been so much better. Um, I think we're we're not afraid to take risks anymore in the passing game. We're finally, um, you know, throwing for more than like ten yards down the field. Um, I think it's something that has been transformed. I think Bobby. You know, with the added control now, where he probably isn't like now the only figurehead for the offense right now, he probably, you know, with that additional control, I do think he's going to knock it out of the park. I think um, it just needs to be, you know, I, I hate to tell like a new office coordinator to like be a little bit conservative here, but like, you know, it's obviously in a time where you already lost the head coach. And like, you know, you don't want the fans to kind of be like the fans are going to be jerks overall, like not overall. I, that, that sounds bad, but like, you know, 50 50 mob mentality. So you're going to have that on your back. Anyways, um, I think um, Bobby might have to be a little bit more conservative than he wants to be with some of these plays. But I think also the ability to get open and run a few more gadget plays, run a few more uh, down the field throws could, you know, keep fan interest in him and keep student interest in him. I just say open it up, man. Just yeah. do it. Yeah, you, well, got, you, look, you look at Graham and he's most effective when he's in the shotgun with, you know, three, four, five wide receivers spread out around yep. him. That's when he throws those beautiful balls. Well, They've got nothing to lose at this point, so why not? So why, yeah, not? why not? And it, especially with the deficiencies that they now have at tight end with injuries, you know, they have just all of their skill position guys now, for the most part, are the best ones are at wide receiver and running back. And so w- w- without any like really effective tight end play, like they, I hope that they open it up more and we see four wide receivers. I think they have four or five wide receivers that can legitimately play Big Ten ball. So let's just go out there, spread them out, and see what happens. Like, you want to get student interest, start playing some 55 to 48 games, even if they're losing, like you're talking about. Like, that will get people back into the stands. And, you know, do you worry about, you know, 
not having a fit for Braylon Allen there? Well, maybe, but you know, I mean, I think you can still, I think there's a way to effectively run out of, out of shotgun or at least in pistol. They're not going to move to a pistol, obviously. But. First off, you, when you run out of shotgun, there's less people in the box. Exactly. There's have, less people. You in the have box. to do that. Right. Yeah, so I think so. running out of the shotgun will help Braylon actually at some, sometimes, but I think we're, when, I do think when we are throwing, Graham Mertz is definitely more comfortable in the shotgun. It also so gives him more time. He doesn't have any time to step into a ball, and you could see it against Illinois. Um, I'm trying to think. I uh, And then, Blaustein, what do you think about the buyout? Because I've heard some rumblings yeah. that people are upset. To me, Coach Chris, listen, he's owed $20 million. If it's me, I'm like, guys, you owe me $20 million. He did... To me, uh, to, I literally think he took the high road and he's like, all right, fine, I'll take 11. Now, that's still a large sum of money and he was making $5 million a year, but he's owed that. He signed a contract with the university. In my mind, the university made a mistake for creating such a long-term contract. So he's owed what he's owed. And I think yeah. literally no one should be upset. He took $9 million less. That's more than... Matt Perkins and I will make in our, my entire lifetime, and I'll add my wife. Vlasin, who knows? Your trajectory is high still. We don't know what you're doing. But $9 million is a ridiculous amount of money for to, to just kind of like give back. Yeah. I think that w- with Chris, that buyout, a lot of people have been back and forth on it. I think Chris is a really just good human being. I truthfully sure. think... With with taking that buyout and with taking it for eleven million dollars instead of twenty, that that takes a lot. And I think part of me, honestly, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, we were talking about yesterday in our sports journalism class, but there was a question almost by one of our professors, uh, and he basically was like, you know, I was I was watching the games and just you know, part of me that you know I was watching the energy wasn't much there. Like, could it be even possible that he wanted to step away anyways at the end of the year? Which I don't know if that's true or false. However. I do think more than anything, Paul Christ is someone who loves Wisconsin and he loves UW Madison. Uh, he obviously grew up here. His, uh, you know, his coaching days started here. His playing days started here. Um, I think Paul is someone who is a really, really just good human being. And I think overall him taking the, you know, 9 million less buyout is a lot. And I think it's a lot for him to do that. It's a lot for him to, Basically, tell Macintosh and tell him, you know, I'm I'm not going to take the crazy buyout. We can renegotiate. Let's, you know, let's let's uh, restructure this just so it's not that bad for your team. So I I think the world of Chris, especially after that. Personally, I think it just wasn't a great like overall the offense. The team had gotten a little bit stagnant, but at the same time, that reflects nothing on him as a human being. And I think he's a he's a wonderful human being. I, listen, I there's no doubt he's. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great human being. Um. I, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm still, I think about this every day. Like it's so bizarre because I am a huge coach Chris fan and I'm trying to justify in my head, like, where did he go wrong? Dude, I'm a couch potato still, but I, in my mind, Maddie Blaustein and Maddie Perkins, you've heard me say this. I think there's a few things and Matt Blaustein, you could tell me something different or what the students are talking about. I think we're way behind an NIL. So I think that hurts. I think there's so much to think about in the NIL that we are in trouble there. Um, I don't even know where my brain should go. I mean, the NIL could do so much. I talked to somebody at a different Big Ten school. I won't remain because it's still confidential. They're 
they're having people in town host players' families who can't afford to stay at a thousand dollar or five hundred dollar a night. You know, that's all NIL stuff. Like you can do this now. Yeah. And they're thinking people are thinking out of the box. They just hired somebody a, a month or two ago to start the NIL stuff. That's how far back I think. So I think NIL is a big deal. Um, I think recruiting has been not great because we lost our recruiting guy for over a year. Yeah. We didn't, you know, we didn't just rifle it back up. I'm always, I, I just have for some odd reason can't get over this, but no special teams coach is very hard for me to see. Yeah. Um, we, we need one. I, I think it's interesting you bring that up because you know, we talk about special teams, you know, how they fit in Wisconsin sports right now. We look at the Green Bay Packers and the reason that they did not progress in the, you know, in the playoffs is because of special teams and how bad they were. And it's just crazy to me that we just don't have one. And I think it's definitely something where, you know, there definitely is a space for it. I think we need to start looking for someone to coordinate. I mean, I think we need to have one tomorrow. I don't care yeah. who it is. Somebody needs to be it. Literally, it can be anyone who's on staff. I don't care. Just elevate them, pay them a little more, and just have them be the special teams. So I'm going to do a little plug here. Uh, Clint Cosgrove and I uh, this morning had a, uh, a, a an episode of Badger Blitz TV come out, and we talked about some creative ways that uh, Jimmy could use that position on staff to bump recruiting. Um, so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go give us a listen. Check us out on YouTube, Badger Blitz TV. Uh, because I will say that, you know, I mean, you've done Clint for a long time, Bernie. He's got some very innovative ideas, and he had some great ideas of how they could kill two birds with one stone with this open position and use it basically as a recruiting position to give them someone that goes on the road wherever they are and is just recruiting, 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 and basically is using an on-the-field position for the benefits of recruiting. It was actually a brilliant idea. Clint explains it on the podcast. I loved it. Go check it out. Um, Badger Blitz TV on YouTube. But we need a special team coach. We're, 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 do, we're doing all these things wrong. I, I just think we need one. There's no, you cannot not have a special teams coordinator. I agree. This is, this is college and level football. Like you need a special teams coordinator. Okay. I know we have to wrap up. Matty Bossing, final thoughts from the young student that we all wish we were and sadly are way, way too old to be you. Yeah. Um, I think overall, a lot of the student population is excited for the future and they were excited to see Chris go. I think that a lot of the student population at the same time, though, does think that he's, you know, a good guy and is, you know, really just grateful for him taking the lesson, the buyout, um, you know, taking less than he was really owed. Uh, and I think the overall student populace is very excited for Lance, uh, for Jim Le Leonard. Uh, a few people are looking into Lance Leopold. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think Jim is probably the guy to go with. Um, so that's that's final thoughts there, probably. Yeah, I think you got to go, Jimmy, and I think you got to give him a couple years. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. And for, I think, recruiting-wise, I think one of the really interesting things that Clint said was that actually there's a lot of recruits who are now more interested in the Wisconsin program now that Jim Leonard is the head coach, including – uh, one of uh, a five-star defensive tackle from Chicago. So um, I, I will let you guys uh, tap into his stuff for that. Blasting quickly, your music career. You did a really cool benefit concert earlier this year. Just tell, uh, give us a couple, like one or two minutes on sort of everything you're doing with your music career and how you got into it and everything. 
Dope. Yeah, I've been uh, DJing since seventh grade and producing music since seventh grade. So it's been pretty much nine years since then, uh, or probably 10, actually. Good Lord, time flies. Um, okay. So basically, um, I've uh, been DJing gigs around clubs and uh, stuff in Madison. Uh, I'm going to be headlining a gig at Chasers next week uh, for a pregame before uh, the Michigan State game. Uh, so that'll be, I believe, 12 to 2.30 um, at Chasers uh, on uh, West Gorham. Um, besides that, I am, uh, looking into probably, uh, headlining another gig at Lit Liquids shortly. I'm probably going to go over there and talk to them about it today. Um, but yeah, overall, just a lot of fun. Dude, good for you. What's your favorite place to eat? Uh, in Madison? Yeah. Besides oh. the candlelight. That's not in Madison. Oh yeah. No, candlelight is great. <laughs> um, Lucille's probably Lucille's honestly up in the square. Okay. I go with that. Uh, if we're going for like regular college student food, uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for Chiba Hut, um, which is down on uh, West uh, Gilman. Um, but yeah, probably those two. And uh, shout out to Conrad's, which just opened up on State Street. That stuff is that that is incredible. It's incredible stuff. Look at this guy. See, going up to the Capitol, he's such an adult already. Such an adult. All right. Well, listen, we appreciate. We appreciate the time. Where can people check out your stuff and all your thoughts on a lot of things, including professional wrestling? So be prepared for uh, some professional wrestling thoughts. Yes, a lot of them. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, what, what what's your handle? Where can people find you? Yeah, they can find me at, uh, at Matt Blaustein on Twitter. Um, I, I, I will usually be tweeting nonstop most days uh, talking about wrestling. Uh, a little bit of football, a little bit of other stuff thrown in there, but majorly wrestling. So if you're interested in that, uh, give me a follow and I'll follow back. So Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. We love your theme music as always. And uh, until next time, beat Northwestern and on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.